listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me in the booth now, as always, is... Hey, it's Luffy, the other Mike. How you doing? Hey. This week we are going to be discussing Halloween. It's not Halloween. It's nowhere near Halloween. But the most recent Halloween just recently came out on Blu-ray, and I finally got a chance to watch it. And Mm -hmm. uh, since we haven't actually talked about the Halloween series on this podcast at all, it seemed like the right time to actually discuss the movies from the very earliest all the way down to the latest, because now most of the movies aren't good, but when they're good, they're really good. Yeah, this this franchise, I got the wiki pulled up just so I can get some of the information correct. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite uh, horror franchise of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 movies spanning yeah. 45 years. Yeah. I mean, that is legit, right? I it mean... Is- some staying power and longevity there. And the first one, I mean, is an absolute masterpiece in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, classic. The second one, pretty good. And we'll, we'll talk about the rest of these as we go. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. This is this is really near and dear to my heart. I'm happy to be here for it. Well, it's interesting to look at them because the series that we eventually ended up with wasn't really what was intended at all. Mm-hmm. Since John Carpenter made the first one and then had someone else direct the second one while he worked on the music and you know story and so forth. But yeah. uh, the first two were meant to tie up the Michael Myers storyline completely. He gets stabbed in both eyes by the end of it, and he melts, uh, mm-hmm. is burned to death, and he's supposed to stay dead, which is why the third movie, Season of the Witch, is a completely different story. Like That's, That that doesn't exist. We don't talk about yeah, that one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's part of the franchise. You, you said 13 movies. It's one of Thir- those yeah, movies. It is. It yeah. is. It's, it's, keeping it, it's keeping it an even dozen. This is a bit, not, a, not a Baker's dozen Baker's here because dozen. that one's let's spoil. It, it's, you know, honestly, though, it's a fine movie for what it is. Um, if it was any other thing but Halloween 3, it'd be a fine horror movie. Well, but, or know, if, if they had just committed to the bit and instead of getting scared off of it, continued with the anthology concept, then right, right. number three wouldn't seem so weird. But it is very much the completely odd duck that doesn't belong in the franchise. I felt like that one, they tried to really like tie into like the lore of like Sam Hain and mm-hmm. all that and, and really kind of like hint on, hit on that, which they really touched on in the first one and whatnot. But it didn't, it just didn't have the same kind of impact without Michael no. there. No. Well, it didn't have the. the it, it speaks to the thing about what Michael Myers brought to the franchise that mm-hmm. that movie most specifically did not. It didn't have a compelling villain. The weird mm-hmm. dude that wanted to tap into the magic of Stonehenge and his robotic assassin killers. None, yeah. of, that, yeah, not, none of that spoke to what Michael Myers was like. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't a central figure that really worked. Corporate greed from this guy that we barely see at all is not the same as the shape hanging out in the back of your yard. Yeah, you know, the, the scary, ominous presence that Michael is around mm-hmm. every corner, behind every hedge, is, is really lacking in that movie. It's mm-hmm. scary. It has moments. It's got some decent effects in there, too. It's fine. Um, you know, the, yeah, the twist at the end is definitely, like, one that he was like, whoa, okay, that's kind of weird. But, like, you know, the, the masks that, like, melt kids' faces and all that and the, that, that horrible horrible silver shamrock jingle that oh I just God. still hear in my nightmares sometimes. <laughs> but, it's, it's happy it's happy fun. halloween though i mean <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's it's bad it's bad but again this this it's a great franchise and it's a part of it so it's fine it but, is, you know. it's part of it and i think i think it's the most interesting one of the early movies discussed because like the first movie is a classic absolute right. classic we could we could spend an hour just discussing how john carpenter builds tension and tone and in fact we spent five minutes discussing that 
in our horror villains podcast from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So right. I, mean, I don't feel the necessarily feel the need to touch upon it, but mm -hmm. like in comparison to that movie, there's no tension, there's no dark tone in the same respect. Halloween threes, it's it's a it's a movie that really did belong in a different franchise entirely because you know it's like the first one's very grounded and very serious. And it's, mm -hmm. it exists in the real world. And the third movie is like, there's magical Stonehenge magic. And it yeah. melts kids' brains. Like, what the fuck movie are we... This has nothing to do with even the world of Michael Myers, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 yeah. the scariest thing that movie had going for it is the actual artwork on the box cover. Cover, which yeah, I just yeah. I'd forgotten how creepy that is with like the three kids in like the the witch's outfit and the yeah. the, the season of the witch like you know the the Halloween three drawn out underneath mm -hmm. her as her hair it's a creepy looking cover good cover I'll, good I'll cover. give it that that's pretty good artwork about it about that no yeah. one cares about that so the first two movies are probably for me I would rank them number one and number two for the entire franchise the second one is gorier and dumber and more violent. Mm -hmm. But it's at mm -hmm. least a decent continuation of that Halloween night. It doesn't hold a candle to the first one, but then, in my opinion, none of the movies that have come out since hold a candle to that first one. And, yeah, in you're... fact, most slasher movies don't hold a candle to that first one. Yeah, the, the only slasher franchise which had a better second movie than a first movie that I can think of off the top of my head was Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the Halloween first movie, it's it's basically almost perfection in a horror mm -hmm. suspense kind of, you know, category. It, the body count's not high. The gore is minimal. It's just it's just very suspenseful and scary. And just, I mean, it could be any teenager who's a babysitter, and that's the whole point. And I think that's what John Carpenter understood. He, like, he looked at the, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but the giallo, the Italian, not blood fests, not quite slashers, but... Giallo, Giallo, whatever it's called. Um, he looked at those, and he looked at Black Christmas, which is a proto-slasher without necessarily being as slashery as what was to come. Right, um, right. And he built a movie that took what worked from those, a bit of gore, a bit of blood, but really tension and waiting for the kill. Every movie mm -hmm. to come out since that one, in the genre as a whole, I mean, we're talking like, 35, 45 movies, uh, years at this point because of, you know, yeah. how many slashers we've gotten. Uh, they, mm -hmm. A lot of them prioritize kills over tension. Like, yeah. one of the best of the genre that I would hold up anywhere near Halloween is the first Scream, because that one yeah. not only builds comedy into, and I think comedy is a key point of horror in general, like, the, to relieve right. tension once well, but it doesn't prioritize the kills. It spends a lot of time with the characters letting the tension build before it even starts releasing the kills. It's the whole trust thing, you know, the kids, like anybody could be the killer is mm -hmm. the whole point of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for what Halloween and what Scream did very well also was the music yes. to kind of set the mood, you know, mm -hmm. the, 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 the dreary dark doldrums that Halloween goes to, to, you know, with Scream having, you know, modern day music kind of set the tone for any situation in that movie. It just really, soundtrack is important it is. when it comes to movies. It really can make or break a movie. It can make a good movie outstanding and it can make a good movie terrible. Um, and these are really two good examples of soundtracks done well in movies. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that the future of the series really preserved was the Halloween theme. Just like, mm -hmm. you know, in my head, every time I hear Red Right Hand, I think of Scream, you know? Yes, yep, yeah. yep, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And so as the series moved on from those first two films, which 
I mean, in my opinion, we could have just had those first two and just been done with it, and they would have just been classic sitting on the yeah. shelf together. Um, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. The series tried to figure out what the hell to do, especially since star Jamie Lee Curtis didn't really want to come back for them at the time. So, yeah, so we got her abandoned daughter, the niece of Michael <laughs> Myers, which I think this is the worst thing that the second movie did. And this is part of the reason why I don't like the second movie, and I really hate the movies like in comparison that came out after, even though I think number four is the best of the later sequels. Right, um, right. It's the best of the later sequels. Uh, because they started developing his story. And I don't mm -hmm. want Michael Myers' story. Like, mm -hmm. he's at his best when he's just this dark shape hanging out. And the new movies, the new trilogy that we got more recently, tried to remove that, even though they have so many of their own flaws that I just can't care about them. But um, yeah. the second you're like, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister, you've already explained too much. If they really tried to just, like make a connection there uh, as to why he targeted her uh, so passionately. Um, and, and I guess that was the best I could come up with. I mean, I'm lo looking, they had seven years in between Halloween two and Halloween four, not counting Halloween three, which was a year after yeah. uh, Halloween two, uh, but seven years. And like, he came up with something that I guess is basic and could work. But I mean, to your point, you didn't get Jamie Lee back. Yep. Um, the original Scream Queen, she was the you know the the darling of that movie. She, she made those movies what they were, mm -hmm. um, and and he took it on on a, on a, the Laurie Strode family route, which is fine, and it, and it still fine. works to this day with some of the movies. Um, but you really kind of you you fabricated something to just continue a plot that I mean, really could have ended at two. It could have ended two. I mean, you, if if they hadn't said he's your uh, he's your brother in that first sequel then mm. Michael Myers would have just come back to Haddonfield once in a while, burned but still able to somehow function, and he would have just killed random babysitters for the hell of it. And that's far scarier than him being like, I have a psychic connection to my niece, and I must go kill her now. And then yeah, and giving her a psychic connection back to him so she starts killing in his name in the fifth movie. Like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... They, they really... Those two movies are, are really where they started ramping up the gore as yes. well uh, and really just kind of making these kills really um you know impactful and, and statement kills on the screen you know like in in the in the ambulance ride when he puts his thumb through the guy's forehead you know that was like oh okay he he has that kind of strength i kind of figured that yeah. but i hadn't seen him do that before um interesting um and he, he really just you know morphed into this embodiment of evil with also superhuman abilities, which I mean, you know, that's fine. Like he's going to keep coming and that's the whole point. Um, but it, it was definitely an interesting call. I think. He, he morphed into Jason with a William Shatner mask is what he, became. yeah. 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 I think they kind of saw what Jason was doing, what mm -hmm. to a degree Freddie was doing and, and the impact of those movies. And like, okay, we gotta, we gotta stick with this. What can we have Michael do? We can have him be Jason, like you said, and a William Shatner mask doing the same kind of thing, but just to this one family. And that's our shtick. Yeah. We have to have a reason. We have to have a supernatural killer. We have to pursue this storyline, which, the Friday the 13th didn't do, but they borrowed a page from the Nightmares, which, like, from number three onward, tried to do a continuous story for, like, a whole trilogy of films. And, I mean, I'm happy I talked about the Nightmares at some point. I think of all the Slasher series, uh, Nightmare had the best third film of the franchises. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yep, we can definitely hit on that at some point. We can at some point. But, yeah, no, it's... They, they, tr they strengthened the connection, and they prioritized kills over tension. It's because, you know... 
so few people are John Carpenter. You watch, you watch the um, Halloween. You watch the Thing. He was at mm-hmm. his prime directing tension in those movies. Yeah, and you know, really brilliance, uh, you know, directing wise, and you know, to to hit on Scream again. I mean, you know, uh, who was the director of that? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, another absolute horror icon mm-hmm. who did amazing work and was, you know, part of Friday the Thirteenth as well. So, I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm a nightmare. Thank you. I get yes. them confused sometimes in my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, nightmare. Um, but like, you got two people here that are, are iconic in the in what they created for this for these franchises that are endearing and lasting to this day, which is something. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's it it is interesting, like what they brought. And how little that people could understand what was going on. I mean, we could touch upon the sixth movie, but I don't even feel like Chris of Michael Myers is worth discussing. It's just bad. It's just, it's a weird one. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I had to pull up the wiki to check it because I've seen all these, and that uh-huh. was probably one that I'd seen once. It, yeah. it was like whatever, it's fine. They, they went uh, in four hard and five were Sam, fine. They went yeah. in hard on the Sam Hain angle, and they really wanted to explain the magic of Michael Myers. And you're just like, yeah, we did this with number three and magic and Irish shit and. We don't need this again. This was we we forgot about it the last time. Stop reminding us. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the order of these movies, and it was like one, two, Sam Hain, and then they redid this. Okay, four, five, and then we'll try Sam Hain again and fail a second time. So let, let's move on and just stick with Michael doing Michael things. <laughs> so they reinvented again, and this is this is mm-hmm. where the franchise starts to get its reputation. Number three is bad enough, sitting off in its own continuity, of course. But then right. they decide to reboot away four, five, and six. For mm-hmm. Halloween H2O, where Laurie Strode comes back, no longer has a daughter, but a son, and everyone mm-hmm. conveniently forgets everything that happened in Haddonfield for the last 15 years. Yeah, and she's like a, a headmistress at like some some school. Yeah, uh, and they're that... operating under a different name secretly, and somehow yeah. Michael just knows where she is. Yeah, because, you know, Psychic Michael, who also psychic has Michael. superhuman powers, you know? <laughs> and it's like, he was six when he killed someone. And they're like, well, you know, he he figured out where the doctor lived, and he killed him, and he stole all the paperwork. I'm like, he can read? When, right, right. Since when have we ever established that Michael could read? <laughs> well, it means someone taught him how to drive, right? Quoting Dr. <laughs> Loomis. I, I was willing to buy that more if it was an automatic. You can kind of stumble your way into it. But <laughs> reading is actually far more complex for a brain that doesn't know how to do it. Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Interesting cast of cast. I'm looking at uh, the casting of them. I mean, Jamie Lee, obviously, Adam Arkin, uh, you know, Michelle Williams, LL Cool J, Josh Hartnett, and a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, honestly, some some star power there in a in a pretty bad horror movie that yeah. you know I, I love. But I mean, it's it, let's face it, it's pretty it's, bad. It's of the sequels. It's one of the more watchable. It's up there with number four. It still prioritizes kills over tension. It still doesn't really understand what to do with the characters long term. Uh, right. But it was, I mean, written script by Kevin Williamson, who did Scream, uh, mm-hmm. which showed that even he could write a bad movie once in a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a movie. It, it existed. It wasn't bad. People liked it as a reboot to the franchise, so much so that it got a terrible sequel. Yeah, and you know, stick, yeah, sticking with like what they did here, Lori, you know, um, is still the headmistress, guilt-ridden for you know killing killing her brother at the end of it, chopping his head Why? off. Who? Why are you? Oh, guilt- you set him on fire before. Why are you guilt-ridden now? I'm, I don't know. I guess you know, proving she's still human, and even though her brother is the embodiment of evil, she still has some good. I guess I don't know. You would think like by now, just you know, cut his head off and watch him burn. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna do that to you anyway. Right? He he has no regrets. Why should you? 
Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a it's a fine movie again, full of body counts, full of gore, and you know, again, pretty star-studded cast there: Thomasy and Nichols, Tyra Banks, Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously Busta Rhymes making an appearance. So we got LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes both in Halloween movies, <laughs> uh, both of them playing security guards, I think as well, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> I think Buster Ryan was he a security guard or was he just? I don't know, but he was a cameraman. He was one of the yeah, cameramen, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the tech guy in the in the uh, the van actually, I think, is what he was. So I mean, yep. just, it's 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 fine. I mean, they, they really kind of started laying into like the the almost the the, the hokiness of, yeah. of this, you know, yeah, and and really kind of a little bit and and. Scream kind of set like you know the movie formula, and it felt like these were two movies that kind of followed that formula that Scream laid out there. Yeah. It's weird trying to be Scream when you have a killer you already know. Right? And you're trying to, they almost like they tried to like do something different but same at the same time and it just, it it doesn't, it didn't really work for me. It was all right. Um, The next two movies though, I'm I'm a fan. I I like the first of the two. I, I, I think it's interesting my, uh, Rob Zombie had an idea that I think was actually worth exploring, which was we already know everything that's going on with Lori, whether or not she's going to be his sister or not. And, and mm-hmm. But we already know everything that's going on with Lori, with the kills, with all of that. We don't know a lot about Michael, and if we're going to actually try and define him as a character, then let's not define him as the shape. Let's do something else. I thought going back and exploring his life before he became a serial killer was mm-hmm. far more investing and interesting than it had any right to be. Honestly, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And, and you know, shout out to Rob Zombie, you know, another one of those like you know, B list horror directors that does some really amazing stuff. Um, he really took this, and like you, you remember in the beginning in 1978, where you know, you see Michael when he's, he's wearing the clown mask and he kills his sister, but it's like a loving home or something. You know, the father and the mother come home in the station wagon. What happened to our daughter? Uh, no, Rob Zombie went the route of like, you know, this kid grew up in a really shitty environment doing shitty things and shitty shittier and shittier and shittier pushed him over the edge and he snapped and he started killing people and i could buy that yeah no i could i i i think the development of exploration of what makes a person snap like this was interesting now i think the problems with that movie come in like in the last couple acts or so where it tries to condense the entirety of the 1978 movie into like Mm -hmm. one big quick climax it loses its power when you adapt it into a single act of a larger film. Um, right. At, like, I could have just watched an entire movie of just young Michael leading up to his clown mask kill at the end of it, and I think that would have been great. If you mm-hmm. want to cover the other two movies later, save them for other movies, in my opinion. That last act is kind of squicky for me. Um, yeah. And the second the second movie is just, I, in my opinion, it's just over overloaded kill garbage. It, it it really felt like you know House of a Thousand Corpses meets Halloween. Um, yeah. If you've ever seen that, it's just I there's have. so much. Yeah, of course you have. I mean, that's why we're doing this yeah. together because we, <laughs> we have a lot of the same interests. Um, I mean, that, like I I we talked about um, you know the uh, the Texas Chainsaw massacre from like the early mm-hmm. 2000s like making me just like uncomfortable in the theater yes. to the point of like just be that's how I felt in House of a Thousand Corpses too. Yeah. Like yeah. and and Rob, but I but I. I enjoyed it more because it was coming from Rob Zombie rather than just some random director. Um, so I, I, I trust his process, um, but it definitely it it it, it was gore porn it in was. there, and and you felt it. The story wasn't as compelling as the first fifty minutes of the first one. Um, it kind of, but I mean, 
how much more could you do unless you like you said you take this first movie and you make it all about michael as a kid yeah. leading up to that first kill and i think that would have been tremendously successful um i don't know how many people would have you know ran out to see it aside from you know certain horror fans but i think it would have been really well received by the people that would care i think if you called it halloween origins and you just did it and you actually function it as almost a prequel to the first movie i think it could have worked you didn't necessarily need any of the sequels at that point. It could just stand on its own. And if it was successful, you then find some other sequel to whatever part of the franchise you wanted to do. Which, I mean, mm -hmm. is what they did when the second one didn't do as well and the uh, production company got cold feet over doing any further films that Rob Zombie wanted to do. He had a trilogy planned, which mm -hmm. I mentioned at the time that I wouldn't have wanted to watch a third one with how awful the second one was for me. But, right. I mean, you got an artist with a vision who wants to do it. I always feel bad if the artist doesn't get to pursue their vision, you know? Yeah. There's still a chance that that might get done and mm. picked up somewhere. I mean, it's there was a, a, a nine-year gap in between Halloween 2 and the, the, the Danny McBride kind of reboot-ish that we got the last three installments of. So, I mean, there could be someone out there, you know, willing to throw Rob Zombie a couple million dollars to kind of pull in and do another one. I could see it happening. But I mean, I would, I would say it unlikely, except we've seen plenty of reboots that then shove aside other reboots to go back right? to the previous ones. Like, we're getting, they're, they're supposedly doing a new RoboCop that acts as a sequel only to the first RoboCop and is going yeah. to ignore both the sequels, the TV shows, and the new RoboCop movie we got just to get one RoboCop, you know, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's there's, a, there's a lot of hoops to yeah, there's a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of suspension of disbelief, you know. I mean, it's a it's not the greatest franchise in the world, RoboCop, but it's some pretty solid movies the in there. One. I enjoy it. The first, one. first one's very good, and again, yeah. you know, there's it, a theme here mm -hmm. with with movie franchises where the first one's usually the best one. There's there's very few that I can think of, and I'm sure we can come up with what couple of, you know, if we really put our heads to it. The, the first one is really the gold standard in any franchise, and that kind of holds true in RoboCop along with Halloween and, and several others, many, many others, I'm sure. So, but Murphy, pretty, you know, good hero. I mean... Yeah. It's interesting, because when you look at it, and I, I do not debate the fact that the new Halloween 2 from Rob Zombie, at least stay true to Rob Zombie's vision, whatever it may be, the best mm -hmm. of the horror movies and sci-fi and whatever franchise you're looking at tend to stay true to the vision of the original in one form or another. About the only movie I can think of that where the sequel is as good or better than the original, even though it goes in a completely different direction vision-wise, is Aliens, and that's because you had a different art tour director take over for the sequel. Yeah, and that's one that came to my head when I was mentioning, you know, it's hard to find a movie that is not as mm -hmm. good as the first one. Mm -hmm. um, but the, you got two uh, directors there, different visions uh, between James Carpenter Carpenter and um, Carpenter? James Cameron, J oh, James, James Cameron, Cameron yeah. and, and, uh, and Ridley Scott. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the 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 suspense and just really, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. Uh, that Ridley Scott put out there in the first Alien movie to the absolute overloaded action, mm -hmm. tastefully, really well done, some gore, but also just really great character development that James Cameron does in Aliens. Um, you know, two really great movies back to back. And I think, you know, Aliens is higher rated on like IMDb than mm -hmm. Alien. Uh, but they're both in the very high, you know, 90s, I would think. They're two really beautifully brilliant movies. Oh, yeah. Not so brilliant, to bring it back to topic. The trilogy of the <laughs> new Halloweens from 2018 on. I had yeah. such high hopes for these, and I felt betrayed by what I got. Like, the first, the first act of the new one's okay, 
it's the mm-hmm. re- requisite setup for story and so forth. But there's a point where the movie like lets Michael Myers free and he starts wandering around Haddonfield and all the tension mm-hmm. of the movie just gets drained away. The movie doesn't know how to direct horror. It just doesn't. Yeah. I was a big fan of, of hearing Danny McBride wanting to be a part of this because, you know, I think he's a pretty good comedian. I think he does you know, some really good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime you have a fan kind of grabbing hold of a franchise to kind of like put them, you know, interject some some life into it, it you got some hopes as another fan watching a fan do this. And then sometimes creative liberties are taken or the vision is not what you would expect as a fan. Um, and then again, sometimes you get these movies that are fine, but still in a way just pretty bad. Yeah, I think it's the problem is the fact that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride didn't get horror. Like, it just, yeah. like, at a certain level, they just don't get how horror needs to function. There's a sequence that I wanted to love in the first of the three new Halloween movies. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's almost a wonder where you watch Michael wander through the backyard of a place and wander into a kitchen and then pull in and stab someone in their house and then continue walking. And I can see how a wonder concept like that would be interesting, where if you did the focus right and you kept it like following the woman instead of Michael and you just saw glimpses of him, how that would work to build tension before he finally just emerges and kills her. But the mm-hmm. way it's filmed, like somehow they drain all the tension out of it and it's not shocking when anything happens. And that's indicative of that whole first movie. It almost feels like they tried to like hit that scene in in the second movie uh, from the seventies, where you know they, you hear the news going on, and the husband's in the living room watching the news, and the, the wife's in the kitchen making a sandwich, and she you know she leaves the knife on the counter and leans over to go see what the husband is watching and listen, and she comes back and reaches for the knife, and it's just like a trail of blood there yeah. that you knew the killer was right there next to you, and you know that mark was certainly missed in this situation. Yeah. And the second one does that big problem that so many do. They had a body count that they had in the first movie, and they had to exceed it. The second one is just ludicrous with how many kills happen in it. It's just <laughs> dumb. Like, I called Rob Zombie's sequel, uh, like, gore porn, but the mm-hmm. second one of these Halloween kills just goes so over the top. It Like, it loses all sense of, like, anything. Like, I stopped caring. Like, it just went on so long. <laughs> At the end of the movie, when they're when he, the, the posse and the mob is all over him, and they're they're beating him to death, and you know they they think they won, and it's all over, and then suddenly here comes Michael, and he break everybody's neck and snap them all in half. And they, there's twenty guys here, and it doesn't matter anymore because I'm Michael and I'm death incarnate. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh crap, we got to wrap this up, but we got to get another like dozen kills in here to kind of top what we did the first time. How can we do that? Oh, let's just let's just throw it all at the end and just have it just a big massacre. Yeah, and and it'll it'll be fine. People will buy it. Yeah, there's that massacre, and then there's the massacre at the park at the halfway point, where like yeah. eight people die in stupid fashion very quickly. And it is stupid. They act the dumbest they possibly could to give this guy who doesn't run a chance to catch them. And you're like, guys, how are you letting him kill you? Come on. <laughs> he's around every corner, and he, no matter how fast you run, he's always right there. And I guess that's just kind of the point. <laughs> I will say... Of the three of them, I actually kind of liked the third one. I don't like how it wrapped up, but mm-hmm. I felt like the third one had an interesting idea and having, like, and this is spoilers for someone who hasn't seen it, but who fucking cares? You you either watched it or you're not going to. Um, <laughs> you're not listening to this if you haven't watched exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> um, like, they, they position a new character to try kind of, like, take over from Michael, 
Well, I don't mm-hmm. think they did the transition very well because the way they set up his character, he shouldn't be a killer by the end of it. It just doesn't work in that respect. But, right. like, I like the idea of someone being inspired by him and taking over from him and, like, mm-hmm. maybe letting Michael kill, take credit for the kills that he's doing so that when Michael dies, as Halloween ends, has to have happen, he can mm-hmm. then carry on in some other town continuing the tradition I thought that would have been interesting. That's absolutely not what the movies did. In the end, they killed both of them, and it's a complete waste of time all around. But yeah. there was an interesting idea there. It, they again trying to reformulate what maybe did or did not work in the earlier parts of the franchise was, uh-huh. you know, the, the connection between you know Michael and his niece is now this, uh-huh. the connection of the evil between you know the the new killer and Michael in this movie, and um, you know like Laurie discovering like you know the evil is infecting him now. Oh my God, we got to do something about it. We got to take oh. them both down. It's, yeah. it, it, I, I I don't know how you explain. The, the the manifestation of Michael just how he can keep coming without trying to hit upon it as being just like this 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 force of evil, mm. um, but it's not something that I think is transition able to be transmission between different people. I don't mm. see it as a force. I see it as just Michael. Yeah, I'm, like there's a scene where the, the the new kid finds Michael, pushes a body in between them. Michael kills the body and then just stares at the kid and is like, "Yeah, we cool." And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there going like, no, as soon as he's killed the one dude, he then kills the other dude and continues on with his life because that's what he does. Yeah, he like, does no. not stop. He has no emotion. He no. has no remorse. I mean, no. Loomis said it. You know, there's nothing there, nothing just there. darkness. And and now all of a sudden there's a connection yeah. with someone he's never met, um, but, you know, and, and shouldn't really be there in the first place <laughs> because of the situation that put them there. It wasn't like it was someone that sought him out. Um, it's very strange. Um, I mean, if, they, I mean, if they'd had him wear a clown mask, so maybe that triggers something in Michael that would have made more sense. They didn't do that. Yeah, um, something to kind of, you know, yeah. like uh, some connection that yeah, just something. was not there. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. I mean, Blumhouse going to Blumhouse, and it, yeah. it was fine. They've, um, they've, they've Blumhouse better Blumhouses than this one. I will say that. Yeah, 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 that's true. Very true. <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, okay. The, the but the franchise it'll it'll go on another hiatus now for another five mm-hmm. to seven years, and then someone will pick it back up. You know, and and it'll you know the first one will probably be pretty good, and then you know the residuals after that'll be fine again, and then so this will just continue forever. Yeah. Like the horror is not going anywhere. They There's say a Halloween reason, ends, but it, it yeah, it, it doesn't. You're not gonna. This this forty five year franchise is not going to go away just because they made one movie and they said okay this is it no it, it, this is going to keep going Bond has been forever Dracula has been forever Halloween is going to be forever just like the other ones Friday the Thirteenth Nightmare they're going to keep going there's there's no reason for these to end fans love them they want to see them and we're going to get them it's just going to be a while but in between and it's fine wait another ten years since the, when the first trilogy started. Find some mm-hmm. other excuse for Laurie Strode to come back and be chased by him again. It'll happen. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, we'll have some other new Jamie Lee kind of scream queen at that point. You know, we'll see. I mean, I like legitimately, I could still see having gone through what she's gone through. Allison, the granddaughter in this movie, going mm-hmm. off and like becoming a psycho killer on her own. She's been through a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I will say though, at the end of the the second one with the uh, when the daughter died, uh, I, I I was like, wow, I did not think they were gonna kill her, and they actually did. Poor yeah. Judy Greer, oh my god, like they actually did it. Um, she probably, so, out. <laughs> she, she probably did. She's like, I gotta get out of here while they're getting good. Yeah. So let, let's just take me out at the end, and I'll just no, keep going and I'm collect my that. paycheck. Yeah, I'm good with the, I'm good with the two paychecks I got. I can I can get out now. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I like the first one. I think the second, the fourth, and the seventh are tolerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nothing has risen to the heights of that first one. No, and you're never going to be able to reconnect with that kind of a thing. Um, It's, it's, you know, there's, you know, 30, 40 movies in the lifetime of cinema that, you know, that are just connecting on levels with fans that just, you know, will never be able to get touched again. And that's probably one of them. I mean, you talk about that's three or four movies out of a series of 13 that are actually decent enough to go back and watch again. That's pretty good. I've gone through the James Bond movies, which is 26 of them, and I don't know how many of those I would rewatch again. Maybe one Pottery, the George Lazenby, and a couple Daniel Craig's. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's mm-hmm. a low batting average for a franchise. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I like Bond. I'm a big fan of that. We can talk about that at one point, too. I like the sure. Bond movies. Um, I'm, I'm down with Bonds. that. I'm down with that uh, for sure, and uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some of those movies. I mean, you want to talk hokey? Oh God, everything <laughs> with Roger Moore in it. Oh my God, <laughs> definitely. Uh, there, there's an interesting uh, bunch of Bond in there if you're a fan. But, uh, I mean, we'll just we'll just not speak of it here, but it's fun. <laughs> Bold statement: Roger yeah. Moore is the Halloween Six of the James Bond franchise. <laughs> I will let you guys stew on that. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued out there. <laughs> this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. I swear I'm not the shape, even though I'm standing in your backyard. <laughs> and with me was. This is the other Mike Luffy. We'll see you guys in your night. Here's everybody. <laughs>